With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Perfect for all occasions and the ultimate crowd pleaser. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. It's Midday Madness time. You dial the number, we'll get you on. That's the Midday Madness promise. one 736 736 The open line brought to us by Werribee Kia, awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else, if you're in the market for a new all-used car, drop down to Werribee Kia. The team would love to see you. one 736 If you'd like to join me for Midday Madness, send through your texts as well on the 40 Winks Temper text. That text number 0433981116. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. I'll read a heap of your texts out during the course of the next few hours as well. Heaps to give away prize-wise. And heaps to come when it comes to guests as well. Australia's T20 World Cup captain Aaron Finch is going to join me. So guests don't get much bigger than that on the eve of their World Cup starting. So looking forward to having a chat to Aaron Finch a little bit later on in the program. SEN Tracks, Campbell Brown, Hawthorne Premiership star Campbell Brown. We'll talk racing and some footy. Bit of talk with Kingy and the Corn this morning on SEN Breakfast about whether the Hawks have cut too deep. With their list, I'll talk to Campbell Brown about that. He's a premiership hawk. Uh, he'll have a chat to us about that. Fremantle docker Connor Blakely also to join us. He's looking for a new club. He played under Ross Lyon. So, yeah, we'll talk to him about his future, but also about the fact that Ross Lyon might be about to... Well, most people think he's about to get the St Kilda job in the next 24, 48 hours. In fact, one The Ross Lyon to St Kilda contract we think is virtually signed. Here's Ross Lyon last night before we take your calls on. Well, the bottom line for this is there's been a lot of talk about Ross Lyon and the sacking of Brett Ratton and St Kilda making a change. I think Ross Lyon will succeed. I think he'll do better than Brett Ratton's 10th and 10th the past two seasons. Brett Ratton, fantastic guy. Love the guy. But I just think that this is not such a bad idea, making this change myself. But I've said that for a few days now, even though I'm a bit of an outlier on this. Uh, I think it's a reasonable idea for the Saints not to sit on their hands and just let this one ride 10th and 10th the last two seasons. They don't have a giant bank of chips to play with heading into 2023 list-wise. But you know what? At least they're saying, deal us in. Hey, deal us in. We want to play. Uh, we're, We're in the game. And we're pushing our chips in as well. So deal us in and we'll see what we end up with. And I kind of like that play rather than sitting on their hands and uh, just hoping it's going to change the 10th and 10th and hoping it'll change with exactly the same list. 
So if you've got a thought on whether... Will Ross Lyon succeed? So 10th and 10th, the last two years. Will Ross Lyon do better than 10th and 10th in his next two years? 21 wins the past two years. 10 wins in 2021. 11 wins in 2022. So 21 wins the last two years. Will Ross Lyon do better or worse than 21 wins in his next two years as Saints coach? one 736 Fairly simple question. We'll put that up on the SEN Twitter poll as well. Will Ross Lyon do better than 10th and 10th the next two years? Here's Ross Lyon talking last night, and he sounds like he's pretty keen to have the job now. We're very close, and um, giving both parties time to do the you know, ERP, their, their due diligence, and um, hopefully get across the line in the not-too-distant future. Things are pointing that way. Like, I'm keen. Like, my heart's been opened up to St Kilda through, through um, Andrew and Simon and, and their board. He also wants the narrative change around St Kilda. He's still got the club in his heart. Here's Ross on that. I don't like the narrative around St Kilda, sort of... Yeah, maybe it's deserved, or but but I think you know sometimes it's a bit disrespectful. So um, hopefully you know we can get to a point where I'm able to roll up the sleeves and get in and help change that. Hopefully. There you go. Uh, he whacked a hopefully in there at the end. So he wants that job. He also spoke about Brett Ratton's departure. Look, it's brutal. I've been on the end of it, but sometimes clubs make decisions they think's best, and you don't always agree with them yourself. But you need to respect them. So your thoughts on it? Ross Lyon, pretty likely by the sounds of things, to get this job before we're back on air on Monday, or I'm back on air on Monday. So let's go to your calls on it. Will he do better than 10th and 10th? Ian in Kangaroo Island, Luke in Preston, John in Clive will come to you all. Great to have your company for Midday Madness. Uh, Ian, great to have you on Kangaroo Island. How's the weather there? It's uh, beautiful here, Dwayne. Um, beautiful place and uh, loving it. Um, I'm not a St Kilda supporter, Dwayne, but it intrigues me with these um, appointments in footy clubs, whether Brett Ratton's a better coach or Ross Lyon is, how the board and management can appoint someone and then 100 days later say they're not the right person. Why aren't they under scrutiny? And they probably, the message I would think if I'm a member is they're either inept or incompetent and perhaps they should uh, fall on their sword as well. Yeah, Ian, we've had plenty of calls on that exact thing in the last couple of days. And, yeah, they've made some blues. Oh, they admitted it. But is it better to admit you've made a blue and not make a second blue, and that is sit on your hands? So put your hand up and say, look, we probably shouldn't have appointed Brett Ratton for an extra two years when we did last year. Um, or is there, aren't we telling the world these days, hey, man up, put your hand up. If you make a blue, put your hand up, own it. Um, because that's kind of what they're doing. But at the same time, uh, how many blues can you make before the members start to thump the table and say, hey, enough mistakes, guys. So I'm, I'm with you on it, Ian, in that respect, because we've had so many calls saying pretty much the same thing. But the call's been made now. So, yeah, whether they fall on their sword, uh, do they need a better recruiting staff? There's all that in play behind Ross Lyon. But the first slot that has to be filled is the coach. Then we can worry about, who, who else is around the coach, who's above the coach, and who's getting players at this draft for the coach, by the way. And that's a pretty big draft coming up. And maybe Ross Lyon will walk into the recruiting department and say, hey, don't stuff this up because you probably haven't really had a good track record in recent times. Thanks for your call, Ian. Luke in Preston. Welcome to you, Luke. 
Thanks, Dwayne. Um, look, just a couple of things on, on Ross Lyon. Um, firstly, I'll say I'm a Carlton supporter, so you know I'm an outsider on this, but it's obvious that you know he clearly started getting the hunger to, to get back in the coaching game again um, once all the Carlton debacle started last year with uh, with Michael Voss and, and the process that he went through there. And you can obviously tell that he started getting more of a hunger for it than the the Collingwood job. There was you know a chance for him to go there. Same with Essendon. North Melbourne as well, but he's obviously been keen to get back into it. I think he's had a lot of time to refresh himself as well. So I think he'll be a good inclusion um, for their side, like, you know, to, to help structure the team again. He's got a good list to work with. I think he'll do very well um, on that aspect as well. But I, I just wanted to say, I think next year is probably the first season in that I can remember anyway, that there's nearly more interest in terms of coaching than it is in regards to the players because, you know, hopefully Alistair Clarkson gets to take North Melbourne under his wing next season. But, you know, I'd, I'd love to see how he's going to go with North and how Ross will go with St Kilda. There's definitely a lot to look forward to. Yeah, a whole heap of new coaches coming through, Adam Kingsley. So, yeah, we do have um, a lot of intrigue heading into round one, and that's in some ways a godsend for the AFL. It's not the same old, same old. Um, a lot of the marbles have been tossed in the air, and we don't know how they're going to fall. And we're going to speculate on it for the next four months. Um, Luke, hold the line. Got something for you. Got a heap of stuff to give away today, by the way. You've got a Signet Boost Power Bank. Signet Boost Power Bank's valued at $59.95. Signet Boost Power Banks will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. John and Clyde, welcome to you, John. Hey, Dwayne. How are you, mate? Good. Look, I can guarantee that Ross will turn the C's into B's, the B's into A's, and the A's into elite by the end of 2023. We have got a good team that can become great under the right leadership. I'm very confident, because Ross has done it before. He did it at St Kilda when he got there, and he definitely did it at Fremantle when he got there. And I think with a mature, we've got a pretty mature list with some young players coming through, but generally our best players are between 24 and 28. I think he can take us from 9th to 10th to hovering around the top four where we were halfway through this year. So I think it's a great appointment. Like you said, Brett was a good man, great man, but probably wasn't the right man to take us to the next level. And I'm glad we made the call when we did. Ideally, the, the contract extension probably shouldn't have happened, but at that time, no one was really saying anything. And um, I understood what the president was saying last week in terms of giving him clarity and a clear run to the end of the year. But hey, we made the call now, and now it's time to move on. And I think Ross... It's almost like a fairy tale for me because I'm a huge fan. And I'm glad he's back. And you'll sign up and you'll buy your membership, John? I already signed up, Brian, mate. As soon as the announcement was made that he, they were sacking Brett Ratton, I was already on board. Great to have you called, John. Nathan and Craigie Burn, you there, Nathan? Yeah, I'm there. How are you? Good. I want to get your opinion on... Um, I'm happy that Ross Stone's going to be the coach. I'm signing up definitely as well. But um, Saints need a forward coach, obviously. And our issue has been our forward line. Our running patterns have been horrible. Where how many times this this uh, well season that went past, we've seen Max King being leading to the pockets instead of leading 20 metres out in front of the goal square and being more dangerous to the defenders where he can pull in a free kick. When you go to the boundaries... The defender just goes, all right, I'll just punch it over the line. So it's a bit easier to defend. Who do you reckon is out there that can be an assistant coach for us? Um, well, 
probably Matthew Lloyd's probably enjoying the media too much for him to be an assistant coach, so probably not. But he could be a kicking coach if you wanted to get him down on a part-time basis. I'm not sure whether the part-time basis idea is still valid anymore, whether you have to be full-time, either you're all in or you're not. But I would still consider getting Nick Rewalt back down there to help out as well. And when it comes to leading patterns as well, game plan is huge, Nathan, and I agree with you. I mean, leading to the pockets, to me, uh, I hate it as well. You know what that's telling me? It tells me, oh, look, we probably won't mark this ball and we probably won't crumb it either. So the best case scenario is we get it punched over the boundary line and we get a ball in in our forward pocket and we'll try and score from that stoppage. When you lead straight out in front of goal, when you kick it to the teeth of goal, when you kick it to 10 metres out from the top of the goal square, that's when you're saying we're backing our forwards in and we're backing our crummers in and take us on there at your peril because that's the danger zone. Where are you going to punch it, defenders? You're either going to punch it straight to us, you can't punch it to the boundary... So I don't mind a change-up in game style as well because I've always hated the lead to the pocket, uh, Nathan. So I'm with you on that. Any coach that has that, oh, let's lead to the pocket and call it square with a ball in in the forward pocket, I've never really agreed with. So I'm agreeing with you on that. Um, Have you got an option for me, assistant coach? Who would you get in? I mean, mean, Nick Dalsano's already there coaching the AFLW team, so he could be an option for you. He's a St Kilda guy, even though spent some time at North. Uh, who else is there, Nathan? Obviously, Lenny Hayes is back there. Could you go and poach Robert Harvey? Who else? Someone that hasn't done coaching yet, but um, I reckon G-Train had a very good leading pattern and Nick Rewalt himself. So one of them, like, someone that can surprise. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate your call, Nathan. And This is exactly what we're talking about now. How can you get assistant coaches that can reinvent and the work rate of Max King as well. It's the third lead, the fourth lead, that often gets rewarded. I mean, quite often the first lead, um, you know, some players don't go as hard on that first lead because they know it's not going to be rewarded. The dangerous forward is the guy who leads flat out with his first lead to a dangerous spot, and his fourth lead is just as flat out and dangerous as his first first lead. I mean, as soon as you start leading your first lead, as a, you're almost giving up on it, telling the world it's a dummy then you're in a lot of trouble there. And if you don't have a fourth lead, if you don't have the tank to lead a fourth time, you're in trouble as well. Because the defender knows, okay, well, I'll, go, I'll go with him for two or three leads, and then he's cooked, and I'll be able to peel off him and help the rest of my guys when they kick it to someone else. Uh, James and Karen Downs, welcome to you, James. Yeah, I just want to look at this a bit differently, Dwayne. Uh, St Kilda are drinking their own passport here. Brett Radden, Carlton, when they fired him, if you want to call it, sacked him, whatever you want to call it, came out that Carlton overrated their list of what the expectations they put on Radden. I think St Kilda are probably doing the same thing. And guys like Ryder coming out, guys like Hanbury, I get there, they're old, but there's still some depth, and St Kilda brought nothing in. Lane Cordy's not the, the be-all and end-all, so I'm not sure they really are going to improve that much. Like Ross can coach, yes, but Max King can't kick. So unless they can fix some kicking, you know, yeah. Brett Radden was probably lost three games off Max King's boot this year, Pugh not being able to kick straight. And he's probably so doing is, a job if they won those three games. So is that stubbornness for not getting a kicking coach at the start of the year? I mean, you get a kicking coach at the start of the year, you get Matthew Lloyd in, you don't be stubborn. You get him in, Max King, he does kick straight because he's got some tuition, and all of a sudden you keep your job, James. I mean, sometimes these things come back to haunt you. Oh, I think, I think 
as far as specialist coaching goes, we're a professional as a society, as an industry, to have, in cricket terms, someone from Pakistan coaching in Australia and someone from England coaching yeah. in Australia. So why can't we have specialist coaching working with three different guys at three different clubs? They don't have to be aligned to a club. They just have to be aligned to being a kicking coach, surely. Uh, yeah and no. I could see that with a Matthew Lloyd, yeah. So if he was a kicking coach for, say, he was also helping um, for just for want of a, um, a name, say he was helping Peter Wright at Essendon, but he was also helping Max King at St Kilda. I don't think that would be uh, outrageous either, to be honest, James. Uh, Gary in Perth. Welcome to you, Gary. Good mate. How are you? Good. That's the way. Look, um, my mate, uh, Ross Lyon, and a lot of the Victorian people wouldn't have seen uh, the great teams of uh, the Dockers back in 2013. The two games that made it for me of those uh, uh, sides that he had was the game at Geelong in the semi-final when they come out and uh, smashed Geelong in Geelong when, because they said we couldn't get uh, enough Dockers people at the G. And the other one was against Sydney. The best three quarters of football I've ever seen in my life was from an underrated team against the great Sydney side that just demolished them with sheer pressure. Ross's disciples, there's two things that come out of their mouths when they talk about Ross Lyon teams. One is effort, and the other one is great effort. And he turned the Dockers players, and you've got to remember, this is before Fife became a, a household legend. We only had, like, two A-graders, McFarland at one end and Pab at the other, and the rest, if you have a look at the, uh, the skill set, wasn't as good as what they are today. And on the, on the question of young players, all the young players that Ross Lyon caught in once they were drafted, before his demise at the Dockers, he played them all. And Mitch Crowden has just been delisted by the Dockers, but he played Mitch Crowden nearly every game, plus all these other young players. So to say that he never had anything to do with development of young players is utter crap. When Ross Lyon was sacked by the Dockers, I handed in my Dockers membership. I'm not saying our current coach isn't good, and I'm not saying that what happened to Brett Ratner was um, palatable for most, but the fact is he's about to coach, hopefully, St Kilda, and I think it's one of the better things because I believe he is a good coach. He does play and develop young players, which he showed in his last season, and he got all those good draft picks, and he, he put them in. He didn't sort of um, put them on the side. He made Sonny Walters a great player by saying, Sonny, this is what you have to do to become an AFL player, and he is one of the greatest players I've seen play for the Dockers as well. So I just think it's going to be a great... If they get him, it's a great appointment. Gary, appreciate your call from Perth. I think he made a lot of players as well. I mean, Stephen Milne is a guy that comes to mind. Stephen Milne is, is never rated by people, but he became one of the great goal kickers. I'm not sure how. I, mean, I, th- I think Ross Lyon helped Stephen Milne become one of the great goal kickers of the game. And he is still arguably in the top, you know, 20 small forwards that have ever played the game. Um, goal-wise, in terms of small, small forwards, uh, take a break. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Couple of texts on the way to the break. Um, Dwayne, get off the grass, Dwayne. St Kilda are an absolute rabble. Always will be. And you know what? I don't agree with that. I just, 
I can't, I can't have that. Uh, the Bulldogs, everyone laughed at the Bulldogs for years and years. Oh, they're never going to be any good. They had a long premiership drought. They're never going to be any good. The Bulldogs, they always lose. Um, you know, when are, the, when are the Bulldogs going to be a big gun team? Well, they won the flag in 2016. You can do it. Get your club right. Get good people in. Get your club right. Geelong had a drought that went all the way back to 63. And I was part of the, the can't break the drought era. And people were, were laughing at Geelong. Oh, as if the Cats, this long drought from 63, that'll never be broken. The Cats are, it's just a country town down there. Sleepy Hollow. Well, guess what? They changed the way people look at Geelong. The people that came to Geelong, not me, but Brian Cook, Frank Costa, and all those great players like Matty Scarlett, Cameron Ling, Tom Harley, they changed the club and made it what it is now. It's an iconic club now. You can do it. So I'm not one of those that says St Kilda's going to be... And another one here. St Kilda will always be irrelevant, even if they are winning, just like North, Gold Coast, and the Giants. And I just don't agree with it. I just do not agree with it. I think the Saints can get stuff right. The last 100 years is not the, the, the current playing group's fault and it's not the current coaching group's fault. So they are the ones that are entrusted. They have the future in the palm of their hands and people can change clubs. You know, Tom Harley, Cameron Ling, Matthew Scarlett, etc. They changed Geelong and uh, Geelong's a different place because of it. And look, they've won more premierships and more Great players want to come to Geelong because the change was made by a group of guys who just happened to get the chemistry right and had the oomph to go that extra yard in terms of their effort level. We'll take a break. You're with Dwayne's World. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. From into your calls from Indo Madness, James in Preston. Thanks for holding. James, welcome to you. Uh, pleasure, Brian. Uh, yeah, just uh, my question is, like, when they uh, bucks up the lemon and sass, I, I was like a spoiled kid, screaming, yelling, why have they done this? But I wonder now, because Darcy Morse made a comment that uh, at least, at least uh, McRae wasn't a dictator. I just wonder whether the, hard, the days of the real hard-nosed coaches... Gone. Yeah, it doesn't mean that Ross Lyon can't change. He doesn't have to be the same coach this time at St Kilda as he was the last time at St Kilda. He doesn't have to be exactly the same coach he was at Fremantle. Don't, don't you think we all learn from any mistakes we might have made, James, and become better people and better at our craft, whatever our craft might be? It, I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter what your job is. If you're not better at it by the time you're 45 then you haven't learnt from your mistakes. And I think there's a lot of people who, are, who would admit that when they were 25 or 20 doing their job, um, they made a lot of blues. Um, and it's, it's actually helped them be great business people at the age of 45. Yeah, I, I could partially agree with that. But there's an old saying, Dwayne, leopards don't change their spots. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I just think the day of their, those sort of coaches are gone, personally. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, fair enough, James. I've heard the saying before as well, um, and you might be right. I mean, people maybe people don't change, but I'm more of the the glass half full, uh, trusting people to make change and learn from their mistakes. Because um, you know, the change you can be stubborn if you like, can be the same person forever. But the the change, I think, um, that are normally made by smart people who realise that it is 
an evolution process that we all go through as human beings. And footy's the same, and life's been the same. I mean, the, the parameters of life in the 70s are completely different to the parameters of life now. Um, appreciate your call. Greg and Aberfeldy, uh, welcome to you, Greg. Hey, you going there, Dwayne? Good to meet you, Good. mate. Great to be on with you. Yeah, so just, I, I wanted to touch on St Kilda. I'm a really big fan of Saints, and I'm really loving this appointment with Bryce Lyon. And um, I, I also wanted to touch on the state of origin. I think that we could have a state of origin in the buy round. What do you think on that? Look, in a perfect world, Greg, state of origin would come back in some way, shape or form. But I don't think you're ever going to get the 100% commitment to the hard contest that we had at state of origin when that was the pinnacle of football. Now that, I mean, you're talking about state of origin at a time when the game wasn't fully professional. It was semi-professional. There were players earning really good livings out of it, but the bottom line is footballers, when you got a chance to play for your state, gave it their heart and soul. And that started to evolve out as well when clubs and professionalism of clubs and you know, big money started getting paid by individual clubs to the point that who, do you really want to risk your body playing a game for your state? And that's where I don't think we'll ever get it back, Greg. Um, it'll be nice, but I don't think we'll ever get it back. So if you had the bottom say, 10 teams, and then it was, say, two weeks prior to the end of the season, and then you could pick your, say, four teams out of that, you know, like your Vic, your South Australia, your WA, and then your allies, mm. and then you have a double head in the buy round. But is it a South Australian team if your top eight South Australians are playing in the finals and they're not even involved in the, the state of origin game itself? Yeah, but, I mean, you got how many players listed on, the, on each team anyway? You know, you're going to be able yeah. to find a team. Oh, you'll find a team, but if it's not the best team, is it is it worth it? And then you get the chance for these assistant coaches to step up, you know, to pick a side and then to have a crack at that on the, on the big stage as well. It's going to be good on their resume and whatnot. Yeah, it would be big on their resume, Greg. I just don't think you can. That, that, that toothpaste out of the tube, um, I don't think you're ever putting it back in there. Unfortunately, because I love State of Origin, it was a it was a pleasure to play it, and it's a great memory to have. But it's a memory now, and I don't think it'll be ever coming back the way it once was. But I appreciate your call on it, and there are a lot of people who would like to have it back. Uh, Ryan in Cheltenham, we'll come to you straight after the bait. Pete and Paran, Pete and Doreen, Brad in Tasmania, Grant in Lake Tyres Beach. Full board, so we'll get to you. I promise. Midday Madness news time. Today, great to have A-Rod on the buttons and Benny Lyon looking after the show. Uh, is it the best thing that has ever happened to you if you're a Saints fan? Looks like Ross Lyon's going to get the gig in the next 48 hours. We'll keep an eye on that. Ryan in Cheltenham, as we head back to your calls for Midday Madness, you want to talk something completely different. Welcome to you, Ryan. Uh, g'day, Dwayne. You're on the air, Ryan. Fire uh, away. Yep. Sorry, Dwayne. I uh, just wanted to say that you know, despite the loss last night by Melbourne United, um, sticking fat, sticking true, and uh, sometimes the struggle, it makes it more interesting and actually a little bit more entertaining if you catch my drift. Uh, well, it was entertaining. I was there last night to watch it live, so um, it was an entertaining game right to the last second. Um, 
But it is still hard to believe on their home court to get 11 up and then get beaten by Cairns, Ryan. Uh, Dwayne, I, I just, I, I respect Cairns um, a lot and I understand that, you know, they have more talent than maybe most people might um, anticipate. Besides that, I really hope you had a good time last night and this Sunday is going to be another jumper crowd against Sydney. And um, I can't believe Cam Luke didn't acknowledge you at the game, apparently. Oh, he said he saw me at the end there, but look, he's too busy signing autographs, Cam Luke, so you don't really want to interrupt him when he's like that. You know, he's shaking. He had, I think he was talking to Danny Minogue at one stage, so um, no, he's going all right, Cam. But it was a, it was fun to be there. I won't be there Sunday. It's a sellout. I won't be getting in. Um, but uh, should be a rip of Melbourne United against the Kings, and let's hope they can fight back. Um, a couple of more calls. <laughs> oh, who do we go to? Um, Rob on the road wants to talk state of origin. Brad in Tasmania. Max King and Matty Lloyd, you got a thought on that little union. Uh, welcome to you, Brad. How you going, Dwayne? Good. Good afternoon, Cobber. Just on the Max King and Matty Lloyd episode. Now, I can remember this, uh, I think it was around 15, 16. It was about seven weeks out before the finals. I was watching the, on the actual uh, footy show, the TJ, um, Chad Corns and all that time. Now, we verified that he was quite welcome to go down and help Maxie at St Kilda with his football kicking. Now, he was never approached through St Kilda. Now, Lloydy even pointed out his actual problem with his actually of goal kicking. He does not follow through when he's in line with the ball. It doesn't which on if he's on the angle of the post line, at 50 metres out the front. His biggest problem is... When he goes forward, he leans back. And I've seen that on various occasions, on various occasions. And as I said, Matty Lloyd even said that he was never approached from um, St Kilda to go down there, but he was very happy to help him out. And I think, mate, Dwayne himself, his biggest problem is his goal kicking. And if you see it, he leans back on the ball instead of following through. I think he can kick 75 in a season, Brad. Uh, he's already a good kick, but he can be a great kick, and I reckon he needs a bit of help. But, um, you know, most sports, uh, regardless of what the sport is, I mean, golfers, everybody who has a specific craft that if they become good at, they become great at their sport in general, they tend to have a coach to help them work at it. Technique is huge. So I appreciate your call, Brad. We'll take a break. Back to your calls next. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogo Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Throw back to your calls and your text. Another text coming through, virtually saying what I was saying, where clubs can get themselves right, can reinvent themselves as footy clubs and change the perception like the Bulldogs did when they changed perception. Great people came to the club, ran the club better, and they won a flag in 2016 after an enormously long drought. Melbourne did it, another one here. Richmond were irrelevant for a long time. Penny and Brendan came in, back dimmer. The rest is history, Sean. And, yeah, you can get it right. You can change the way people look at your club. Um, And quite a few people having a crack at me. Dwayne, when you say St Kilda can be relevant, shows it's been a long year and it's time for a holiday. Glenn, thanks for your contribution. 
Glenn, uh, there will be a holiday coming in a few weeks' time, I think. Pete and Paran, uh, welcome to you, Pete. Hi, Dwayne, thanks for taking the call. Um, in respect to one of your earlier callers who mentioned, uh, I'm not sure who he was talking about, but uh, he said that leopards don't change their spots was the expression or the analogy he used. And I'm just wondering, how many leopards do we have playing in the AFL right now? Like, it's uh, the most overused uh, saying there is, and the difference is humans have conscious choice to make change. The reality is whether we use it or not. But that expression is the most overused and less significant uh, I've ever heard, but we use it regularly. Yeah, well, if you couldn't change your spots, then we wouldn't even have coaches come in and help you get better. You wouldn't even play with a coach. You wouldn't have a kicking coach. You wouldn't have anyone because everyone would just concede, well, we can't make this guy better. Uh, what's the point of coaching him? Thanks for your call, Pete. Um, so many Pete's on the line. Uh, Rob on the road, you think we can save State of Origin, do you, Rob? I, I can't see it happening, but you've got a thought as to how it can? Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Yeah, look, I largely agree with what you're saying, but it's a real shame because it's one of the few things that the NRL do better than us. I've yep. just had a thought. What if, uh, you know, the best way to incentivise anyone to do anything these days is to is with money. So what if all the funds raised from the game and the promotion and all the, the money that comes in around the game went to the players and you could incentivise them that way and then you might grow some tradition over time? Look, I reckon if you came up with a big enough number, uh, the players would say, yes, we want to play. But whether they'd still give it their heart and soul like the old State of Origin players did, that's my doubt. They played like it was life and death. And unless you're going to play like that, regardless of whether you pay a guy $10,000 for a State of Origin game or $100,000 for a State of Origin game, he still might think, well, I don't really want to be doing my knee in this game because I want to be able to front up for my team in round one next year. So, yeah, it, it's... I don't think we should stop looking at ways that we can bring it back, Rob. I'm not saying... What I'm saying is I doubt that it will ever come back. But let's not ever give up on it completely either because it was such a beautiful thing. And it is such a beautiful thing for rugby league that maybe we can have a carnival one year. So maybe it can be reinvented in one form. But I don't think it's ever going to come back, you know, in the middle of the bye weekend between, you know, rounds 10 and 11. I don't think we're ever going to get that. I don't think it'll work at the start of the season either. And at the end of the season, I think a lot of players are just looking for a break and their teams are looking to get them in for operations, etc., and get them a rest as well. Um, hold the line, though, Rob. I've got something for you. You've got a Brick Lane Brewing voucher. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today, um, but drink responsibly of course. Uh, Reg in Melton. Welcome to you, Reg. Yeah, good day, mate. How you going? Yeah, good. What do you got? Yeah, I just did. You, you've been saying about the, uh, you know, the medical sub, how they should, make, you know, just put it. Why not just leave it at four? Why add it? Yeah. Why add one? It's still four. But every side's in exactly the same position. Yeah. You know, I just don't understand it. You know. You're just creating an extra spot. Yeah, yeah, I get that, Reg. The thing that worries me, and I'll talk to Dr. Peter Larkins on this program, hopefully when he gets back. I think he's going to Amsterdam uh, for this concussion conference. Now, just to try and keep a, a long story short, 
At the moment, we do a concussion test for players, and if they do have concussion, they stop playing, and we're pretty strict with it. The doctors are great, yes. But now there might be a, a new way of looking at it, and that is the mechanism of your head hit and the vision that they take from your head hit straight after that shows an eyeball roll or the way that you sort of you lose yourself for a split second, that might have a doctor overseer uh, rule you out before you even get a chance to try and pass the test and maybe even pass the test. They could rule you, rule you out on the vision, depending on your head knock in future. That might be where we're headed with this, in which case we might lose more players in a game with concussion than we ever have. And we have in the last couple of years seen more players lost in-game with concussion because we're being more cautious than ever. So I think if we get to that stage where you might lose you might lose two players a game through a concussion, that's why I think five on the bench is going to happen. One of, that's one of the reasons why. But the concussion conference hasn't happened yet. Uh, let's wait and see what happens from the concussion conference and see what findings there are on a world sports stage, but we might also be getting to a stage where players don't miss one game of AFL as well through concussion. It might end up being a mandatory too. We'll take a break. You were Dwayne's well. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company on Dwayne's Well, plenty still to come. We've got the Australian T20 World Cup captain Aaron Finch coming up on the program. Doesn't get much bigger than that with Australia's World Cup campaign about to begin against New Zealand. SEN Tracks Campbell Brown also to talk some racing and some footy. Ask Brownie about, well, there was an interesting discussion between Kane Corns and David King today on SEN Breakfast. And I'll tell you calls after the one o'clock news on this. Had the Hawks cut too deep? That's the question that Kingy and Kane went through this morning. Here's a bit of Kingy on that. I fear that Sam Mitchell, another rebuild coach, has committed professional suicide in terms of what they've done with the experience purge of players from their list over the last couple of weeks. We know that Gunston's been traded and Mitchell and, and uh, Jago Amira. They've lost McAvoy. They've lost a couple of other senior players just through retirements, through sheer age, obviously. But when you, when you look at what that leaves them with, I think there's only three players on their list that are, you know, 27, 28 years of age plus. Um, they're, going to be, they're going to be drastically inexperienced week on week. Um, and, and I always worry about the rebuild coaches. And, and, and you look at, you look at the, the list um, additions they're going to have at the draft. I think they've got pick six and then 24. It's not like they've, they've gathered no. three first-round picks. It's not like next year. They'll have the ability to then do the same because the guys that'll be up uh, as tradable commodities will be, still be the same. It'll still be guys like Wingard and Sicily and players that don't really want to move on. Um, so I'm concerned that we've seen rebuild coaches fail. We, you know, I talked about David Noble and the situation he was in. Uh, initially at the Kangaroo, is going to be tough, but there's a there's hundred names I could uh. mention. Leprich, McCartney, Bolton, Teague, uh, Scotty Waters. Alan Richardson, you can, go, you can go through a heap of rebuild-type coaches that have had more experienced lists than what Sam's going to have for the next two to three years. That was King this morning. I reckon the Saints have done the right thing by change, and I reckon Hawthorne have done the right thing as well. I'll tell you more about that 
after one o'clock. We've got a Wahoo prize pack valued at over $200 to give away, by the way, where you find fun this summer. You'll find Wahoo. Check out the range at wahoo.com.au. And the main Wahoo ambassador is Max Becker, who's joined us for Wahoo, where there's family summer fun. There's Wahoo. Welcome to you, Max. Great to have you on. Good afternoon, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good. Uh, what do you make of uh, the, the crazy off-season we've had, Max? Uh, in football? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've made... I think it's a great choice for the Saints to bring back what gave your whole series of leaders from the past, such as Brendan Goddard, Nick Rewatt, and Lenny Hayes, who's returning to the club. It's going to be great to see. I love it too, uh, Max. Hopefully it does work. Great to have you on, you other Wahoo man. And we're going to be giving away some Wahoo straight after the break. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Perfect for all occasions and the ultimate crowd pleaser. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always love your company for Dwayne's World and for Midday Madness. Dwayne's World for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. Just played you a little bit of David King and Kane Corns from breakfast this morning. They are of the belief that Sam Mitchell's cut too deep. Your thoughts on a one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Aaron Finch is still a little while away from joining us later this hour. But have they been smart, Hawthorne, or too smart for their own good? And I'll have my two cents worth. I'm glass half full on it with Hawthorne. I think Hawthorne, in a way, kind of doing what St Kilda are doing. They're not just sitting back. They're trying to... Not thinking, they're doing. And I like that. A little bit of John Kennedy. They have a plan, and they're trying to go through what their new plan is. Now, sure, St Kilda's plan was hurriedly put together. They shouldn't have signed Brett Ratton last year to a two-year extension. But Hawthorne, they all seem to be on the same page at the football club with this plan. And I think Sam Mitchell will buck the trend. I know that David King and Kane Corns are talking about, well, the rebuild plan didn't work. It cost David Teague his job, and it cost Brendan Bolton his job, and it cost Mark Neal, and it uh, cost Ben Rutten his job because they didn't last the rebuild. I reckon Sam Mitchell will buck this trend. I think he's going to be a little bit different. I think he's going to be the guy, exact guy at the right time for Hawthorne to actually get through this rebuild period. And he does have a honeymoon period still to come, even though he's been at the helm for a year. And I think because he's a, a club champion that the whole club administration, etc., is behind, and I reckon the most of the fan base is behind, I think he's going to buck the trend. I don't think he'll be the next David Teague or Brendan Bolton or Ben Rutten. I think that Sam Mitchell will still be there in four years' time when Hawks are contenders again. And it might even take less than that. It might be two or three years' time. Now, I know they don't have a big draft hand, and King is right with the fact that they don't have a big draft hand. But the bottom line is they've got a plan. And they're having a crack at their plan. And I think, as I said a few days ago, maybe doing this now is the way to do it. Because if Tasmania is coming in in 2027, that means the draft in 2026, at the end of 2026, is not going to have a lot to pick from because most of the kids will end up going to Tasmania. So maybe they're getting in early and getting it done now, this rebuild through the draft and getting a number of new kids in and making the Sam Mitchell's team. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number if you'd like to join me. We've got that Wahoo prize pack to give away, valued at over $200.
where you find fun this summer. You'll find Wahoo. Check out the range at wahoo.com.au. Still got a $100 Ballers Clubhouse voucher to give away as well. Melbourne's largest bar and games venue. And SEN listeners get 10% off when you book your end-of-year function now at ballersclubhouse.com.au. But conditions do apply. A couple of texts that have come through. I was talking about assistant coaches at St Kilda and I mentioned Nick Dalsanto is down there at the moment. Um, one here, Dwayne, uh, the AFL is a win-loss business. Just quote me what Dalsanto's win-loss ratio at St Kilda is in the AFLW. Dennis in Coolaroo, uh, yeah, well he's just starting out as a coach but I think he might actually be a good assistant if they wanted to get him, Nick Dalsano, but I have worked with him, so maybe I'm biased. I know what the way his brain works, and I think he would have been a good addition to a coaching crew. Is he having success in the AFLW at the moment? Obviously not. Um, and uh, one here, I thought Australians like the underdog. Why do people get so frustrated by smaller clubs like St Kilda and North? North was prime time in the 90s. North will be back, just like St Kilda. Melbourne have proven it's possible, and I, again, agree with that. Melbourne has proven it's possible. Richmond's proven it's possible. There's a couple of other clubs that have proven it's possible as well. I keep mentioning one club and get whacked on the text for them, so I won't even mention that club. Let's just talk about Richmond proving that it's possible. The Dogs proving it's possible. There's a number of clubs that have proved. If you get your admin and your coaching and your player selection right at the draft table, then you can change the perception of your club, the culture of your club, and uh, everyone doesn't remember back now. No one remembers back now to when Richmond were terrible, do they? Unless you're a long-time footy fan. But ask a 20-year-old now about Richmond. He can't think back 20 years to when Richmond was being laughed at. Stephen Campbell, as we head back to your calls. Welcome to you, Steve. Oh, yeah, very supportive. Long-time Hawthorne member, very supportive of Sam Mitchell. It's interesting. A lot of people have forgotten to mention the fact that we've got Cooper Stevens um, with uh, with the trading of Amir and Mitchell. So you know he was a. I think we got Will Day in 2019 at pick 13, and then Cooper was pick 16. So you're essentially getting a first round draft pick, and no one's mentioned it. People like King, David King, keep saying, "Oh, you got pick six and 24." Well, you got six, 24, and and a first round draft pick from a few years ago. Um, I'm really happy. I think Rob McCartney, our, our list manager, has said that he, he believes we've got about 10, 11 pieces locked away for a, a premiership team, and we, we need to build on that. So um, I think we've got Fremantle's second-round pick for next year. They're talking about being a, a super draft next year. Dwayne, so I think if, if you look at all that, even if we finish third or fourth bottom, we get another pick three or four and a couple of second-rounders, I think we've got the nucleus and we've got the club and the history of um, premiership in four or five years' time. So, uh, and how, how good do you think Denver Granger Barras could be as well, Steve? There's, there's a still a bit of an unknown with Denver Granger Barras, but he's shown some signs, but at the same time struggled a bit this year. Yeah, he has. And interesting, they brought in James Blank as well, just to give a bit more coverage. Look, I'm confident with Denver in that draft. He, you know, pick six, he was touted as, as, as the best tall defender in it. So, look, I just think he needs a little bit of time, but... Um, you know, even Scrimshaw and, and, and Will Day, I think Will Day will push up the midfield a bit more. You've got, obviously, Ned Reeves and, and, and a lot of people um, that will continue to grow, Mitch Lewis and, and a few others. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm, we haven't got the list at the moment. I'm not, I'm not disappointed that we cut the players we've cut, albeit they've been great servants. But I think this is the strategic play 
to get back playing finals in probably three years and potentially four or five contesting. That, that, yeah, that, Steve, I'm really confident of that. Yeah, I'm with you on it. I mean, it might be a, a little bit of a long shot, but I'm glass half full on Hawthorne doing the right thing. And I'm a big Sam Mitchell fan, so maybe I've got rose-coloured glasses when it comes to believing in what Sam Mitchell might be able to do. Uh, hold the line. Steve, got something for you. Uh, you've got that Wahoo prize pack valued over $200 where you find fun this summer. You'll find Wahoo. Check out the range at wahoo.com.au. One here just on the Cooper Stevens recruitment. Uh, only problem with the Hawks, Dwayne, is that they got nothing for their players. You did get Cooper Stevens. Um, if they'd have traded them out and got some good first-round picks... Uh, but they've still only got the picks they started with. Yeah, you do only have two picks in the top 20. I agree with that. But the but the other thing is, I think you've got a couple of players who, uh, and our previous caller mentioned Will Day, he could be All-Australian in the next two years, Will Day. I think Chankyu Jath could be All-Australian in the next two years as well. So there's a couple of guys who, through growth factor, could have a huge upside. I'm still not sure whether Denver Granger Barass, um, you know, can be the next big thing, but he had big raps coming in. So I'm still of the belief that You've got to believe Denver Granger Barras is going to be some sort of player given time as well. It's too early to rate him yet. Michael in Waddle Dean, welcome to you, Michael. You got a thought on this? Okay, Pipe. Um, yeah, I'm a Hawthorne spotter. I'm, I'm wrapped with Sam Mitchell's doing. And I reckon we'll win a premiership in 2026. We've got Kazikski, who'll probably kick $100 the next couple of years. One, oh, sorry, a hundred goals in the next two years combined. You mean, Michael? Uh, in t- 2024, you'll kick a hundred goals in one year. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, Michael. What makes you so confident of that? And why, why Kaziski and not Lewis? Uh, Kaziski, he leads up the ground really well, and we've got the midfield who can deliver the ball to him real good. You don't reckon? You don't think the hundred goals in a season is a bit too high a bar for him? No, 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 all good. (laughs) Michael, Um, just through your outrageous optimism, we've got a Garmy chicken voucher coming your way. You've got a one hundred dollar Garmy chicken voucher. Garmy, the unmissable chicken. Visit garmychicken.com.au for your nearest. Restaurant. Back with more of your calls shortly. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Kane Pittman's also going to join me to talk Melbourne United and a little bit of NBL, and then Aaron Finch also in about fifteen minutes from now. So uh, we'll get a break done. Come back a little bit of NBL and then a lot of cricket. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for two dollars ninety for thirty days with twenty gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Not far away, Aaron Finch is about 10 or 15 minutes away. Let's talk some basketball. The NBL is flying at the moment. It's been a great start to the season. Uh, if you haven't seen the commentary and the coverage on ESPN and through KO, take a look. A uh, whole heap of new voices, new faces and it's been fantastic. It's had a little bit of a freshen up, and Kane Pittman is part of it with the crossover and uh, a couple of other things that he's floating around doing on ESPN. He's been good enough to talk some hoops with me after a surprise loss by Melbourne United last night, especially given they were up by 11 at one stage. Kane, welcome. Great to have you on the show. 
Thanks, Dwayne. Always good to chat to you. And I, I was at the game last night, and I, I did see you in the distance. I think you were lurking around, uh, I believe they call it Celebrity Row. Is that is that accurate? I think I was in, well, I would have been row three, so that would have been like C-grade <laughs> celebrity. So, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I did have my lovely daughter and uh, my son and my family there last night. So, that is just a great night of family entertainment. I mean... Um, you know, I'm invested in it. I love the sport. I've been calling it for the last few years, not this year, obviously, with a few other things happening at SEM. But uh, it's been a delight to be part of the coverage of basketball through a lot of growth years. But it's got a great foundation. It's set. It's uh, really roaring early, although it's a surprise how bad Melbourne United have started, Kane. And I suppose Cairns have been a great surprise, and that's what you want in a season. You want surprises. Yeah, I think last night was the continuation of two big storylines to start the season that you pointed to. So Melbourne United really struggling to figure it out with a bunch of new pieces on this team, particularly on the offensive end. They held a 14-point lead in the third quarter and it really felt like they were going to run away with the game. But as we've seen multiple times this season, uh, once the opposition really ramps up the defensive intensity, uh, applies some full-court or three-quarter uh, court pressure... Uh, Melbourne have really struggled to function offensively, and we saw it again last night. And then on the other side of the coin, it's been the Cairns Taipans. This team can really score. And overall, only 81 points isn't a huge total, but they ripped off a 22-0 run in the third quarter, and, and that was ultimately uh, the big turning point in the game. Yeah, when they when the new recruits uh, come into the league, uh, we, we all get really excited. There's been some some new guns come in again this year, but... I was hoping we'd be hearing Sweet Caroline a bit at Melbourne United Games. It hasn't quite happened, has it, for Jordan Caroline? No, it hasn't. It was interesting. Last night, Dean Vickerman was actually pretty positive about his performance last night. At times, he had some some decent uh, moments on the defensive end. And the one thing I will say, clearly, he is a player under pressure right now. And I think he can sense that a little bit. He is pushing pretty hard. He's trying to do all the right things, but so far particularly on the offensive end. He just hasn't been a factor for this team. And when they are struggling to function, having him on the floor as someone that the opposition isn't really too concerned about at the moment has been a problem. So uh, I think last weekend, Dean Vickerman was very open in the post-game press conference against Tasmania. He said that he's had several conversations with Jordan Caroline about where the roster sits, about potentially bringing in Joe Chi, which they tried to do a few weeks ago. So I don't think that Jordan Caroline will be surprised uh, about all the speculation of where his roster spot lies, but it still does to me uh, feel like from everything we're hearing that, that Melbourne United are certainly looking at making a change. The other big surprise has been Brisbane Bullets struggling so much, bringing Aaron Baines and it hasn't worked for them. So uh, I, I pre- the great thing about basketball is you can change your roster. So you can make changes, you can fix holes, you can rectify things on the run. Uh, Brisbane has to do a bit of that too. Yeah, I think the biggest problem for Brisbane, and, and I actually don't think it's, it was that unpredictable, is the fact that their three key players, with Aaron Baines, Nathan Sobey, and also Tyler Johnson, the American import guard that's played uh, multiple seasons in the NBA, uh, those three guys just haven't played basketball. Sobey's been struggling with his knee. Uh, Baines has had the extended absence, which has been uh, well documented. And then Tyler Johnson didn't play in last year's uh, NBA for a variety of, of non-basketball reasons. So... Uh, those guys just haven't played. And we've seen this before. If you're out of the game at any level 
for uh, around a season or longer. It takes you some time to figure it out. And Brisbane's played Sydney twice. Uh, they've played Perth and then they've played Tasmania. So their schedule has been brutal on top of that. So I think that they can still turn it around. But defensively, they've got major, major problems. They are the worst defense in the league statistically, and it's not even close. So to me, as I was looking at this roster, you think about Aaron Baines and what he does and the presence he has on the defensive end. At the moment, they haven't been able to figure it out. So Southeast Melbourne Phoenix get the chance to be the big dogs in town and they can get it right. Do you think they'll get it right? I like Southeast Melbourne. I like the roster. I liked it last year and I was made to look silly. So who knows <laughs> if that will be the case again. But uh, last night they went to New Zealand. They had Gary Brown, the import guard, play his first game. Trey Cal, another import, was back for only his second appearance. Joe Chi, who I already mentioned, uh, has just come back to the team. So they just haven't been healthy. So I've completely disregarded anything I've seen from this team to start the season because they just haven't had the guys. Um, but I think uh, when you look at their starting lineup, the first few guys they can bring off the bench, I think the talent is there. I've certainly got Southeast Melbourne as a playoff team if they stay healthy throughout the season. And the NBL have done it the clever way. Uh, they suspended Jesse Wagstaff for a game. They <laughs> sent a warning to everyone in the competition about the setting of screens. Uh, he ended up getting off from his suspension, so he's free to play now. But the memo is still out there now. You better be careful. Yeah, I sat in on the, the tribunal or the appeal, I should say, mm. on Wednesday night. And it was pretty quick, I must say. There wasn't a lot of argument. I, I think ultimately the, the ter- determination was the fact that this was an unfortunate accident. And certainly when it comes to setting screens, uh, there is going to be more emphasis on this now. But I think it was the right result. We understand why uh, there is so much concern around uh, concussion. But ultimately... I think that, as was determined by the tribunal, there still has to be, across all sports, but basketball is certainly one of them, there has to be some room for the idea that occasionally there is going to be unfortunate accidents, which to me, I think this was the case here. I don't think it was an overtly non-basketball move. Um, It was just an unfortunate and high-impact collision, and it is. It's really unfortunate, but I think they got the right result. Talking to ESPN's Kane Pittman and uh, part of the NBL coverage. Before I let you go, Kane, you're a big Bucks man. Who wins the NBA this season? Yeah, oh, that's a good question. Well, that was a pretty crazy game we just watched here between Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Milwaukee got the win there. I do like the Clippers. Now, they're just playing now. They've just tipped off in LA playing the Lakers. Uh, health is going to be a big part of that with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in recent years. They haven't been able to stay on the court. But if they're healthy, uh, I do like the Clippers. I think they have the talent and the depth. And what kind of year are we going to get from Ben Simmons? <laughs> well, I, I get some I get some flack sometimes, Dwayne, for being a, a little, too, perhaps a little too kind to Ben, but he's going to take some time. And unfortunately, he isn't going to get the benefit of the doubt from anyone, and you can decide whether that's fair enough or not. But he's going to need to take some time. I just spoke about the guys in Brisbane. Ben Simmons is the same. He hasn't played in a year. So uh, not a great start yesterday on opening night. But I am optimistic playing alongside Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that he can have uh, a pretty good year. Kane, great to have you on. I really appreciate you jumping on at short notice. So we'll talk soon. Anytime, Dwayne. Thank you. Check out the NBL coverage on ESPN and through KO. Take a break. Back to your calls and your texts. one 736 is that open line number, although Aaron Finch is not far away from joining us. Dwayne's World for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. 
And a couple of texts that have been sent through on the 40 Winks Temper text. Keep your texts coming through 0433981116. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Um, one here from Damien. I'm old enough to remember when the Tigers were the laughing stock back in the late 80s and 90s and early 2000s. And my Hawthorne friends would say, I know what I'm doing in September when planning end of year holidays. What well, comes around goes around. Uh, thanks for that, Damien. Appreciate that sentiment. Uh, another one here. Uh, I remember everyone at our football club laughing at Brendan Gale's five-year plan on the footy show. Sure did turn that club around quickly. Shane, appreciate that as well. Um, Shane, hey, Pipe, as a Hawks supporter, I think Michael is extremely optimistic about Cozzy. Lewis is the number one forward, but more is another potential All-Australian coming through the ranks. He's a straight swap for Mitchell in the guts, 100%. Cheers, Catter, and you're right. Uh, he has got All-Australian potential. He wasn't that far away uh, on the season that he put together uh, this year. And another one here on Hawthorne. Lewis, Cozzy with Meek as a forward group will be dangerous in the two years, in two years. Our defence is getting better, and Denver Granger Brass will be better after a tough year. So there are a lot of optimistic Hawk fans out there, which is always nice to see. Some news, Aaron Finch, the T20 World Cup captain of Australia, to join us next. Always great to have your company on Dwayne's Ward for Kogan Mobile. Make the call, switch to Kogan Mobile, and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. Plenty of sport happening live as we speak. Uh, The third quarter just about to end in the NFL game between New Orleans and Arizona. Arizona lead that 28-17, so with a quarter to play, 28-17 in favour of the Cardinals. And um, there's uh, a game of Major League Baseball that's pretty important right now as well. Best of seven series between the New York Yankees and Houston, and we're at the bottom of the eighth, and Houston lead 3-2 after already taking a 1-0 lead yesterday. So at the moment, the Yankees on the ropes. If they go 0-2 down in this series, it's going to be really tough for them to fight their way back. Uh, MotoGP preview for Malaysia for Indian Motorcycle, America's first motorcycle company since 1901. Make the first move. It's the penultimate round of this compelling season, and it takes place at Sipang International Circuit this Sunday at 6pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time. And it does come down to the wire. It's going to be a ripper. Fabio Quattararo is still the man to beat in my estimation. But uh, a few other people believe there might be one or two others that can get the chequered flag ahead of him in this one. We'll keep you in touch with uh, what happens in practice. Another one here on the text. Love pipe grooving to the music on TV last night. I didn't realise they caught me on the telly last night. But... uh, um, my daughter was up and dancing quite a bit last night during the timeouts, even when Melbourne United weren't going so well. Aaron Finch not far away from joining us, so stick around. You with Dwayne's Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for two dollars ninety for thirty days with twenty gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Been great to have your company for Dwayne's World, Dwayne's World for Kogan Mobile. Make the call, switch to Kogan Mobile and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. Well, Andrew McDonald was on with Gerald Whateley a day ago talking about what they were going to do when it came to the replacement. 
given the golfing injury, whether Cam Green would come into the squad. Here's what Andrew McDonald said about the time, about the decision that he and the selectors had to make. Obviously, they've now confirmed that Cam Green is in, but here's what went through their minds in the lead-up to that call. Yeah, he's definitely a discussion point. Um, anyone that can sort of bat anywhere in the order and, and can give you a few handy overs can give you a, a different look if something were to go wrong um, with your top seven batters. So definitely in a discussion. Um, we're seeing Nathan Ellis as well. Um, and then you've got the the list of wicketkeeper batsmen that, that are in domestic cricket at the moment, um, which uh, would include, include McDermott, Philippi and, and Alex Carey, um, the one-day international keeper. So... There's a few people to discuss, um, but we've just got to get our heads around what the scenario would look like without a backup keeper. If we feel as though there's too much risk in that, then clearly we'll head down that line of, of choosing one of those wicket keepers. So Cam Green got the nod, and he is going to be part of the squad, but they can change it. So if there is an injury to Matthew Wade during the course of the T20 World Cup, they can make that change. Uh, got to have a chat to Campbell Brown after the 2 o'clock news as well. Get a tip or two from Campbell Brown. So looking forward to having a chat to Brownie. Big race day, obviously, at the Valley tomorrow with the Cox Plate. And also tonight with Pulele in the Manicato tonight as, I think, uh, one of the hot favourites as well. We'll talk to Campbell Brown and get a tip or two from Campbell Brown a little later on. Looking forward to talking some racing. Bruce McAvenny was also on with Gerard Waitley and he gave Gerard Waitley his tip for the Cox Plate. I think it's a fantastic race. Uh, nine individual Group One winners of, of twenty Group Ones and all of that. So, and we've got a. It's always best, you when you've got a a king or a queen going into the race. Now uh, it's Animo, um, and, and that always makes it even more remarkable. I think you, you, you want a target. You, you want to focus a focal point, and we've got it with Animo. Um, but I don't think he's a good thing. I, I think there is at least three or four serious contenders. But I would have thought if I was Mooney Valley and an and, and administrator there, like a Michael Brown, who runs the chief chief executive and the committee, I, I'd be really pleased with the field that they've gathered. I think it's it's up there with, um, in modern times, amongst the best Cox Plate fields we've seen. Bruce McAvaney is going to be a fantastic day. And, of course, you can catch the coverage. By the way, you can catch Australia's opening clash of the 2022 ICC Men's T20 World Cup live on Saturday from 5.30 with Gerald Wadley. Trent Copeland will be part of the coverage. Dan Christian as well. That's all live from the SCG. So Gerald Wadley heading up there. SEN, your home of the T20 World Cup. Every Australian game and every blockbuster game live on SEN and every game of the tournament live on the SEN app. And I can't wait to bring you that as well. So still to come, Campbell Brown's going to join us after the news. But Aaron Finch to join us straight after this break on Dwayne's World. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Aaron Finch not far away. It's the top of the ninth between New York and Houston, and they're three outs away, Houston, from taking a 2-0 lead in this best-of-seven series and well and truly on their way to the World Series. Tristan Merlihan has been good enough to join me from Totsport, home of the top sports betting multi. Gamble responsibly called 1-800-858-858. Tristan, welcome back to you. Uh, how's the betting been for the T20 World Cup? <coughs> 
Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. All good. It's been pretty active, actually, and we've got two big qualifying games, which the winner progresses through to the main draw, where Ireland take on the West Indies in about an hour. Ireland $3, West Indies $1.38, and then Scotland take on Zimbabwe. two twenty-five. the Scots, one sixty-five. Zimbabwe. So a couple of really good games there to finalise the other uh, main draw. We know tomorrow night we've got Australia taking on New Zealand, where the Aussies are $1.50, New Zealand $2.60. That should be an absolute beauty to kick off the main draw of the World Cup. And what about to win the whole thing? To win the whole thing, we've got new favourites in this uh, in this event. The Aussies have been favourites ever since they won the World Cup not that long ago, but England's just jumped in front now. They're $3.75 mm. favourites. The Aussies out to three eighty. India four dollars sixty. South Africa. These conditions look like they're going to suit the South Africans. They're seven fifty. Pakistan eight fifty. New Zealand. They're ten dollars. If they can cause an upset tomorrow night, they'll firm up significantly. Big night tonight at the Valley, followed by a massive day tomorrow at the Valley. Uh, Palali, the favourite in the Manukau. Yeah, Palali is the favourite in the Manukau. Obviously, a little bit of weather expected. Uh, four dollars into three sixty. Palali. Uh, Balanipatino has been the biggest go, eight six dollars fifty into four twenty. I think the value lies in the bottom weight, Cool and Gatter. I think at five dollars, drawn barrier one, providing that tracks uh, the insides on. I think it's going to be a very very hard to beat. And then the big race day tomorrow, as you say, at the at, at the Valley again, where the Cox Plate takes centre stage, looks a really good feel with Animo, the firm favourite. It's been two forty five into two thirty five in recent times. The overseas. Invader number 12 is 8.50 into $7, but we've got a couple of the stars up the top. Saki, drawn barrier one, it's 4.20. I'm Thunderstruck 12 and Mr. Brightside's 15. Should be an absolute cracking day of racing. Hopefully the weather plays its part. Yeah, what are you hearing there? Do you think the weather's going to change uh, the odds at all if, if we do get a bit of rain? Yeah, certainly the odds will change based on A, the weather, and B, how the track plays. So monitor how the track's going tonight because obviously it's a unique scenario where we've got 18 races within 24 hours on the same surface. So obviously it's a great great track, but um, there, there's certainly going to be a couple of lanes there that might be favoured. So just monitor where the uh, winners are coming from in the early races today. And if you've got your speed maps ready, it should, uh, should help you for Saturday's races. And Houston only a couple of outs away from uh, making it a 2-0 lead against New York. I presume they're the favourites to win the World Series right now. Yeah, certainly they are. They are the firm favourites to win it all. Uh, just bringing that market up there. $1.70. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are four fifty, and the Padres $4.60. So, yeah, the, uh, the Astros are firm favourites. They're only one out away now, so they should get the job done, and then they'll, uh, yeah, the, it'll put them in a good spot. Great to have you, Tristan. Always good to have you on the program. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ray. Tristan Merlihan from Cotsport, home of the top sports betting multi. But gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Keep your text coming through on the open line. Uh, and the open line as well is one three hundred seven three six seven three six, and the temper text 0433981116. Frank in Bo Morris has been on hold for a while. So welcome to you, Frank. How are you, Dwayne? Yeah, good. You got a thought on the Saints? Um, I rang up. Yeah, I rang up this morning. I was trying to get on yesterday, but you were really busy. I rang up the boys this morning quickly, but I needed a couple of other things to say. I was saying that I reckon people have forgotten and not really thought about this, but this is really secure the football club's last chance to get it right. I think going forward, if we don't get, I'm not saying win a premiership, but if we don't get a bit of success in the next few years, I think five or ten years down the track, we're gone. We're done. 
What do you think? Because you're in so big a debt, Frank. Yep, and everyone, I'm 62 years old this year, and I've followed them yep. from when we were, and it's just the same old, everything. everything's getting dished out the same. So I don't know if Ross Lyon will be the, the saviour. I don't know if whoever we put in. It's, but I'm just, we just have to have a go. I think the board's doing the right thing. They did a review. They're acting on it, and now they're getting crucified. I think that's wrong. And the other thing is, too, our our players, we, we have got a soft underbelly. There's only a couple of players there that can put their hand up, but the rest of them are very, very soft. Appreciate your call, Frank. There's been a hot topic, the Saints, uh, and it will continue to be a hot topic. The T20 World Cup is the hottest topic, and Australian cricket captain Aaron Finch has been good enough to give us some of his time in a busy schedule, so... I am grateful to you, Aaron. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me. Afternoon, Dwayne. How are you, mate? Yeah, great to have you on. And uh, on behalf of every cricket fan, you've retired as our one-day superstar. And uh, congratulations on the career you put together in the one-day form of the game. You've been iconic for us. And uh, we all thank you for what you've done for our sport-loving part of our summer. Oh, I appreciate it, mate. It, was, uh, it, was a, it wasn't a hard decision in the end, I think. The, the team, or the time was right for the team to move in a new direction in the lead up and, and give a new captain enough space in the 50 over game in the lead up to the 2023 World Cup. But yeah, I, I couldn't have asked for a, a better time of it, to be fair. I, I loved every bit of it, minute of it. And, and you've been a godsend for us. Uh, no golf during the off days, I presume, during this World Cup now? <laughs> yeah, that was just a, an absolute freak accident. I'm, I'm Pretty sure that the boys will still get out there. I've never seen that happen, and I don't think I will again. So that was just really unlucky for Josh Inglis to to cut his hand the way he did. It was it was just an unbelievably freak accident. How big a role did you play in deciding Cam Green was the guy to replace him in the squad? Yeah, we sat down as a with a, the selectors and the coach, and we we went through all the scenarios, and uh, we felt as though with Matty Way being a, a really, well, Touchwood being really resilient. Um, we, we dug into some numbers and about half a percent of the time a wicketkeeper has been replaced on the day of the game. So we felt as though having Cam come in covers probably a few more bases in our squad than, than what a wicketkeeper would um, if something was to happen on the day of the game. So that, that's a big call. That, that leaves, us, leaves us short in that area, no doubt. But I think at the end of the day, you Either way that we went, it was going to be a slight risk and, and we're probably prepared to take this one more so than the other. How relieved were you to get 76 against India? Yeah, it was nice to get a few in the middle and bat a bit of time. I think T20 cricket is, is a game where at times you can get a little bit frantic at the top of the order, but to be able to, to spend some time in the middle and, and build a couple of nice partnerships was good. It was a nice wicket and, and yeah, it was... A nice preparation lead into this first game, I think. Is T20 different to every other form of cricket and maybe every other sport where you can't get too devastated about one bad innings because you come around two two days later and you get a chance and the parameters are completely different and you can actually get the big score straight away even if you had a couple of outs in a row before that? Yeah, certainly, mate. I think with T20, you have to have a really short memory and you have to remain really level because... 
if you if you ride the highs and lows too much, it, it just wears you out because it's such an incredibly difficult game to be consistent a lot of the time. So you, you have to understand that, especially the way that we try and play our cricket is is to be aggressive and brave and and take the positive option as as often as we can. So that that comes high risk means high reward at at, at times as well. So you have to be prepared to to wear that risk as well. And if you, you can't as a player, you can't be too worried about that because then you then you freeze up and you you probably don't play to your potential. And I think as a as a captain, as a as a coaching group, and even as fellow players, you you never want to put any doubt in anyone else's mind in that regard because it, it is a game that can turn in one ball. I mean, you get one shot out of the middle, or you get the right match up in a game that that suits suits your style more than another, and and you can get away to an absolute flyer and. That can be the difference in turning a game on its head within an over or so. Analytics is big now, Aaron. So obviously you know how Trent Bolt is likely to bowl to you. He knows how to bowl to you to try and get you out, but you know that he knows. How does all that unfold? Yeah, well, it, it's, yeah, it's a good question. We've had some good battles over the years. He's got me a few times. I've, I've got him a couple of times. So it's it just, yeah, he knows, I know, everyone knows. And it's just one of those things that, on the day, you, you hope that, that you're sharp and you can and you can get your first couple away, and then and then you can be away. And I think that that's the that's the thing about having a, a good partnership in T20 cricket as well. There's, there's times when when somebody matches up well against you, but not so much your partner. So you you try and feed off each other in that regard, and yeah, you you try and take it on as best you can and, and be aggressive against it. I think if you sit back and wait for great players like that to make mistakes they very rarely do it's like any sport they're the best they're the best for a reason and they don't make too many mistakes under pressure so yeah you have to try and really force that at times as well and how big is the analytics as a captain for field settings the nuances about how fine or how square or how close to the bat every fielder has to be for a specific batsman and that bowler bowling to that batsman do the players all know that is that ingrained in them to to know automatically or do you have to remind them about Hey, this guy's in, and this is where we're bowling to him. So this is where you stand. We're really lucky with a really experienced bowling group uh, on this or in this World Cup squad that that everyone's really detailed with their planning and preparation. So you never have to remind guys too much. There's, there's probably at times where you, there might be a slightly obscure field placing or something like that that you've dived into, and you and you're getting a little bit more uh, specific in that regard. But I think overall, you you just you're backing your skills against the opposition and, and you're trying to find them. I think we can, at times, we can look too much into finding 1% or half a percent here and there in terms of a difference when a lot of the time the 50-50 ones are, are the most important. So never lose sight of that and, and never get caught up trying to play a different game that doesn't work as well or doesn't structure up as well for your own team. And are you prepped to the minute now? I, hope you, I know you want to start strong in this tournament. So essentially you've got to peak... Ball one, don't you? Yeah, it's a it's a brutal competition in terms of going from twelve teams down to four, straight into a semi final. So uh, you, you have to be at your best from the start, and and any minor slip ups can can really cost you. So yeah, we're, we're excited. There'll be a few nerves around tomorrow, no doubt, with with the first World Cup game as it always is, and, and you're just hoping that you can start off on the right foot and uh, be on the right side of of um, the result. But I think it. T20 cricket is such a unique game, like you mentioned before, that that any one player can win it for an, for your, your team or an opposition on the day. So so you just embrace that challenge. You embrace them them little, um, I suppose, contest 
within a contest as well and, and just embrace the game and, and see how you go. You, you try and give it a smack or bowl your best ball and, yeah, whoever does that best for, for longest generally wins, but it's not uncommon for, for one player to win it by themselves in a T20 match. We're all behind you, Aaron. Great to have you on. I really appreciate you jumping on for seven or eight minutes for a chat. So uh, good luck. We'll all be watching. We'll talk soon. Thanks very much, Dwayne. Appreciate your time. Australian captain Aaron Finch. A break. Your calls on that. Straight after the break, Campbell Brown not far away as well. You with Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Always great to have so many of your calls and your texts coming through. Been an absolute pleasure to take so many of your calls today. Time to talk, well, a little bit more footy and some racing. SEN Tracks Campbell Brown has been good enough to join us to have a chat about, well, the races are on tonight. Pretty big meeting at the Valley tonight with the Manicato, but obviously the Cox Plate tomorrow. Brownie, welcome to you. Great to have you on the program again. Yeah, afternoon, Dwayne. Another uh, big week coming up, isn't it? It is. It's huge. I was talking to Jared Waitley a couple of days ago and listening to him talk about the Everest. Uh, you've obviously seen that unfold. What's the... Can you rank the Group 1s for me as they are right now? What's the top three or four? He reckons there's a there's like a Grand Slam 5 now with the Everest now part of it. Where do you rank the Cox Plate and how have you got the top three or four around Australia? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's always individual preference. I've, I've been a massive lover of the Cox Plate since I went there in about oh, 1999 and saw a Sunline uh, go around the great New Zealand mayor. And I, I rate Cox Plate 1. Uh, especially when Daryl Braithwaite would be cranking out horses. That's uh, the best. Um, I must admit, I just in previous years, you know, I'm a big Everest fan. I'd probably put that number two uh, in mm. terms of... Because it's not just about the racing anymore. It's it's about the entertainment, the whole experience. And, you know, the fact that they put a big band on afterwards and you can stay at the track until all hours and continue on is, you know, for the younger generation. I'm right in the middle at the moment, Dwayne, at nearly 40 years of age. But it's a big thing. Um Knowing where to, where you want to kick on afterwards yeah. and, and things like so that. So did they have Bruno Mars itself, last I mean, week, or did Bruno Mars play at the not, uh, the other stadium after the after the? Yeah, race? other stadium, not at the track. But right. they, had, they had a couple of DJs say. that came on, and um, it was just I mean, it's just a great vibe. And so yeah. that'd be number two. I'd have um, probably Melbourne Cup three, Caulfield Cup two, and and then you've got uh, the Slipper, don't you, up in Sydney? That's yeah. you know a massive one, but it's more for the racing purists, I suppose. While we're doing the ratings, uh, who's the best jockey in the land at the moment? Your best couple? Oh, it's, it's I mean, James McDonald is by an absolute mile. I mean, he's getting the best rides as well, and um, that also helps. But, geez, he's, he's been absolutely on fire. And um, I just, I love seeing jockeys that, you know, there's been a couple this year, Jamie Mott and Jared Fry, that are sort of early 30s that have been in the industry for. Mm you know, 15-plus years, toiling away. People call them good country jockeys. But when they get their opportunity in Group 1s, um, you know, they're never riding favourites, but they've both won their first Group 1s um, this year. And um, I just I love the perseverance and, you know, a lot, a lot of time and effort and energy has gone into that opportunity. And, um, and, and they've taken it. And uh, it's just been absolutely fantastic to see, you know, all their hard work pay off. Best trainers in the land? Who's the, who would you take? Oh, you've got a couple of horses with some great trainers who you're no doubt going to pump up here. But if you could take your horse to any trainer in the land right now? Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, Chris Waller, absolutely flying. Um, obviously, you've got you know the, the, the Blue Army Godolphin. Um, 
and, and they, they have a fair advantage with Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum pumping in so much money. Gay Waterhouse is a personal favourite of mine. Um, I think Mick Price, um, Mick Kent Jr., you know, they're, they're, they're killing it. And then you've got um, Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace that have won the premiership down here in Victoria the last few years. So we're, we're pretty lucky to have so many good trainers out there. And I mean, there's plenty of others as well that do fantastic jobs. And while you're on a roll, um, it's because I know the Caulfield Carnival's done, but who'll have the biggest, who'll be the king or queen of the spring, do you think, by the time we get to the end of the Flemington Carnival? Uh, I think I think this spring's Godolphins. Uh, they, if I mean, if Panama wins um, tomorrow, they've got Pulele running tonight to um, Manicato, that, you know, he's the favourite. They're, they're just winning everything at the moment. It doesn't just happen. It's years and years in the making, um, but they're just in the absolute sweet spot. Um, so it's fantastic. And I suppose the other other talking point is, you know, there's some whispers out there that this could be Damien Oliver's last spring. Um, you know, he, he might call it quits uh, at um, you know, 50 years of age, um, and he's been you know the best of all time. So if it is his uh, last last spring carnival, hopefully he can go out with a couple of nice winners at Flemington. Yeah, and this promoted racing as well. He's been a ripper. Uh, and those people have been lucky enough to be in the company of Damien Oliver, and I'm sure you have uh, hundreds of times. Uh, it's just a nice place to be, having a chat about all things racing and footy, of course, with uh, Damien. He loves his footy as well. Um, so tonight then, Pulele, you think? You just mentioned Pulele in the Manicato tonight. You think it's going to be tough to beat? Oh, it'll be hard to beat, but I'm very much a, a fan of Bella Nipotina. Um her run in the Moya was absolutely huge. If, if she drew a gate uh, on that particular occasion, um, she wins. Just got nosed out by Cool and Gatter, who had the lightweight that night. So, Bella Nipotina, drawn barrier two, got the informed Craig Williams in the saddle. Can sit a little bit closer and um, and have last crack at him. I think uh, you know she's a she's a star. She loves the valley as well. Anything else tonight so we can build a bank for tomorrow? That's probably the only one tonight. Um, I'm really keen on a few. And we were a bit unlucky last week, Dwayne. Yeah, you I know. Go back and watch the race of Montefilia. Gee whiz. Uh, no luck at all. Got out late and, and closed and finished fourth, which doesn't help us when when you tip it each way. But one to follow for the Melbourne Cup, for sure. Montefilia, don't jump off. A um, couple of plays tomorrow. We're going to go to uh, the Gold Cup. Um, and I mentioned how uh, good a trainer Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott are. They've got Sacramento in the, the Gold Cup, and I think it's one that will have its own time out in front. It's about $12. can jump and go to the lead. There's not going to be much pressure on it. Um, rock hard fit, and uh, I, th- I think its last couple of runs up in Sydney have been superb when it's been taken on a long way out and um, still um, had the fitness and the, the tenaciousness to kick on and, and really run a place. Uh, Cox Blade, I've mentioned Animo and uh, deserved $2 favourite. Zaki's the danger. Um, I think those two will fight the race out. Um, and then if we go up to Sydney, there's some nice racing up in Sydney. It sort of gets forgotten a little bit on Cox Plate date. But race number six, the Brian Crowley Stakes. Um, Jerome Hunter's got one up there called Thron Bone. It's, it's going to be a soft track. This horse is unbeaten on the soft track and um, and racing in ripping form and um, I know it got the last start at Caulfield over the 1100, but it bumped into a couple of good ones. One being Giga Kick, which obviously then went on yep. and won the, um, the Everest last week. So that's seven dollars fifty. Golden Mile should be um, should be winning in race number seven, and um, I think if we can get those uh, those four home, we'll have a very nice day.
I like it. Uh, speaking of Sydney, do you think there'll ever be a day when the major races are dotted through the spring um, apart from each other? Uh, or are we always going to have Melbourne v Sydney um, on major race days all spring, forever? Oh, well, I think at the moment, the way that they're butting heads, um, they're going to just keep taking each other on. And um, yeah, I, I think it's good. It's healthy for the sport. But it's, it's not ideal for trainers and jockeys having to make decisions on where they're going to be uh, for particular race days because they'd love to be riding in all the big races. But Peter Volandis does a great job for New South Wales racing. And it's sort of, it's forced Victorian racing to, to, to think, think twice about how they look at their spring carnival. And um, I think competition, especially in the racing industry where there's not a, a national sort of um, look at it, it's each state and jurisdiction for itself, it, it can only be a good thing. We'll keep an eye on that as well, see if they ever get together, but uh, I can't see it happening either. Hey, Brownie, a couple of footy questions before you go. Kane Corns was talking earlier today about Hawthorne cutting too deep. I'm a bit more optimistic about what Sam Mitchell might be able to end up doing as a coach, but how optimistic or pessimistic are you about Hawthorne being able to get themselves up the ladder in the next couple of years? Oh, I think it's a massive step back. Uh, this year, I was, I was really happy with how competitive they were. I think eight wins and um, didn't get blown away too often. Um, and if you look at the players that are, are gone, obviously McAvoy retires. There's 250 games. Gunston's gone. It's, it's hard to find a four that consistently yeah. will bob up and kick you three or four goals. Liam Shields and Daniel Howe, just two really good role players. There's another 300-odd games gone. Um, and then Mitchell and O'Meara, they're just the leadership and the grunt inside around the midfield. Is, you know, it's hard to replace. So they know what they're doing. Sammy Mitchell's got a, a very clear sort of game plan and, and where he wants to take this footy club. And he's, he said right from the start, he's not just interested in making up the numbers in the top eight. He only wants to make the finals if he can go on and win a premiership. And um, I think that's the, the mindset that all clubs should have. But there's no doubt that with all those players we just mentioned going out of the side all at once, um, it, it puts a, a fair bit of pressure on some of the young guys coming through that had good years. But they'll need to they'll need to have better years next year, and that's going to be a bit harder, um, you know, with uh, with the pressure that they're going to be under. So, yeah, I sort of see them dropping back into the bottom four, um, and you know, depending on how strong next year's draft is and some things like that, they can they can bounce back. But it's going to be a bit of a slow burn. Do you think uh, he's because he's a club champion and uh, he might actually be a really good coach? We don't know, but do you think he's more likely to survive? this rebuild phase that the David Teagues and Brendan Boltons and Mark Neilds and Ben Ruttons of the world haven't been able to survive? Yeah, because I think everyone's on the same page. Um, you know, he's coming to this job with a, with a clear understanding that it's a new era. Um, you know, all the board are behind him, the president, the, the footy manager. They know exactly where they want to take this club. And it's just, it's really important. Sort of, he, he got the job... Um, They've looked automatically forward three, four, five years as to where they want to be rather than just taking the reins because a, a, a coach uh, has got sacked and then you're given you know, two, maybe three years where you've got to produce results. Otherwise, the, the board get impatient again. That sort of hasn't happened at Hawthorne for a little while and um, you know, it's a bit of stability there for, for a coach, especially of, of Sam Mitchell's ilk. And if Ross Lyon gets the job at St Kilda, Saints have finished 10th and 10th the last two years. Will they finish better or... 
worse in the next two, do you think, if Ross gets Oh, that he's as job. good as got it, Dwayne. You can, you can, you can right. mark him in uh, the right. next week or so. He's got that job. And, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where I said to you last week that you know, I'm not in favour of, of coaches going back and coaching sides that they have. But in, in the end of the day, if he's the best fit and the St Kilda board believe for this group, this period of time, he's their guy, go for it. He's got experience. He knows what it takes to, to get a club to be successful. I, I don't reckon when he was a coach of the Dockers or the Saints, you know, I, I don't think we ever looked at their sides and went, gee, he's jam-packed full of unbelievable talent. He just, he just got the absolute best out of his players, and in particular, some of his role players, your Rob Eddies and your Andrew McWalters, your Peaks, you know, those sort of guys really played good footy under him, and, and, and that's what he does. So... Yeah, they'll definitely improve. I mean, they they couldn't they couldn't play worse with the list that they had um, next year than they did this year. I thought they were massively underwhelming this year, and I think with Ross Lyon, he's a pretty strong-worded, disciplined coach. He'd have them uh, climbing up the ladder. Yeah, look, we get mesmerised by the fact that Nick Rewat was such a superstar player, but I think you're right. I think beyond a couple of their superstars, I think he made Stephen Milne a hell of a lot better player than. You know, people don't give Stephen Milne the credit for how great a goal kicker he was, but I think Ross Lyon kind of made Milne a great player too. So I'm, I think I'm with you on a lot of that. Uh, hey, Brownie, great to have a chat to you. Always good to be able to pick your brain. Hopefully you've picked a winner for us, uh, especially tonight. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you've got gone. a winner for <laughs> And uh, hopefully tomorrow as well. Good luck at the track. Have a great weekend. Campbell Brown joining us from SEN Track. Hawthorne Premiership star as well, former Gold Coast son. What's been lost today? What's been lost this week? Lost in the wash? There's been a lot going on in the world of sport, especially in the world of footy. What's been lost in the wash? We should have discussed it by now, but haven't got to it. one 736 If you've got a lost in the wash, and lost in the wash for Identifiber, your specialists in asbestos and hazardous materials assessments. Still to come, by the way, Josh Briante, so he'll have a chat to us as well, so we won't let... Uh, those uh, Melbourne Victory fans get lost in the wash either. A couple of things to give away as well. We've still got a $100 Ballers Clubhouse voucher to give away. In fact, a few of those. Melbourne's largest bar and games venue. SEN listeners will get 10% off when you book your end-of-year function now at ballersclubhouse.com.au. But conditions apply. Also got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart. Get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek. At Club Mandalay for just $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au and you can get that midweek for just $99. one 736 736 Jump on the open line. And you can send through a text as well for Lost in the Wash if you'd like on the 40 Winks Temper text 0433981116. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks Serious about sleep. Dwayne's World for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. A couple of your calls. And in fact, four or five minutes of your calls. And then we'll head to Josh Briante after the break. Um, NFL game happening as we speak. Only a matter of seconds left. And it is the Cardinals leading 42 34 with 43 seconds left. So it uh, looks like that one's done and dusted. And earlier today, Houston beat New York. So the Yankees went down again. Houston takes 
a 2-0 lead in that best of seven series. A couple of things that we don't want to get lost in the watch that have happened in the last couple of days. Um, Kane Corns was talking about the pass mark for St Kilda this year. We talked a lot about St Kilda, just been talking to Brownie about it. Um, he had an interesting pass mark for St Kilda this year, and I think they will get better. I said that earlier in the program than 10th and 10th in the next two years. Here's Kane Corns on what the pass mark will be, given that we do expect Ross Lyon to be appointed in the next 48 hours. What is a pass mark? I mean, what, what happens if they finish ninth? Because that's, that's where we would all have them. Somewhere between, it'd be a stretch to think they would finish sixth. I would have there somewhere between seven and 14 next year. But what happens if you make this drastic call, Ross comes in and you finish ninth next year, which is a very real possibility. Is that going to be a massive failure for them? They want instant failure. gratification. You think it'll be a failure, well, do you? Well, I think they want instant. I think they see they're making this move because they said we don't want to be 6 to 10. A little bit of cane corns on that. Uh, so he is fairly optimistic about what the upside could be for this list, and they haven't added much to their list at all. There's also been talk about Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan also um, becoming um, or getting into the coaching for the year after having an absence. Obviously, we know why, whilst the investigation is being held and that investigation is ongoing. It might last still quite a while, but they are only allegations at this stage. Here's Todd Viney on Alistair Clarkson starting up at North Soon. You know, I've kept in uh, regular contact with him to discuss how we were going with the, with the list and uh, the trade period. Um, so he was aware of what was going on um, through my contacts with him over the phone, but it was really uh, Brady um, and Scott Clayton and his team and myself driving that, that period of time. And uh, he's, uh, he's pretty happy with where we're at. And we've got an elite coach that will be uh, coming and starting and put a great footy program and game plan. And I think that once we start to then get performances, people will see how the, w- the wheel is turning. A little bit of Todd Viney on that. So jump on the line. We'll take your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Give away a couple of Ballers Clubhouse vouchers as well. And some Garmy chicken vouchers. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. That open line brought to us by Werribee Kia, awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Jump on the line. We'll get you on. A couple of texts that have come through. As well on the 40 Winks temper test. Keep your text coming through 0433981116. Dwayne, you just know the Connor Blakely interview will get a run on off the bench. Uh, Yeah, probably will. We've kind of given up on getting Connor Blakely back on the line. We can give him another crack, Benny, if you want. But uh, at the moment, we've decided to um, just bench that uh, and won't reinvestigate it. But it doesn't look like we're going to get the reception that we're after. Uh, Go victory. Only one team in Melbourne. And another one here, I'd like to see Ross Lyon pick up Mitch Croden and show Frio and Longmuir that they didn't realise what they have let go. Mitch Croden will make the most uh, make most midfields better. Uh, he just needs needed Longmuir to play him, which is an interesting one given what has transpired at Fremantle. Uh, they've got a pretty strong midfield and the development of a couple of their gun midfielders has kind of changed their midfield dynamics. So I kind of get where they've been at. And I, I think John uh, Justin Longmuir has done a pretty good job with the way that he's been able to uh, allow that midfield to evolve. And we know that Caleb Sarong's got a huge upside as well. So he's got a long future. Uh, on the St Kilda list, whether or not Colin Blakely will be picked up or whether someone else will be picked up, uh, including Mitch Croden. Here's Jared Leanett on being a shock 
omission from St Kilda's list and whether he might even be one that gets invited back by Ross Lyon. Here's Jared Leonard on the program this week on being shocked on Brett Ratton's sacking. Yeah, um, no, nah, I didn't at all, actually. He, um, obviously, the, the two-year re-signing was, yeah, just had made me, made me presume that he'd be the coach there next year, obviously, like most people, I guess, but I suppose the review found some things. Um, my personal experience with him, I thought he was great. He had a really good relationship with the players and he's such a caring guy. Um, I suppose just the way our form, we were flying in the first half of the year and then to, to fall away the way we did, obviously, must have, yeah, some questions must have come into the review, people who were doing the reviews' minds um, and that's where the decision's been made. But, yeah, I was certainly shocked when I found out the news um, late last week. A little bit of Jared Leonard. Okay, Josh Brilliant to join us straight after the break. Stick around, you with Dwayne's World, and we'll take a couple of your calls. one 736 Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale. Brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. It's Nick D'Agostino. Outside him. Economy, and he should be 3 T and is. It's Josh Brillante and victory lead again through their captain. 1,350 fans going absolutely wild in the corner. What a game. Well, it's punch and counter-punch. It's such magnificent, incisive football. And Steve Corica licking his wounds. But the battle in midfield, Paul spread wide from Brillante. Look at him continue his run. D'Agostino looks one way, passes the other. Economides scoring the second. Now puts it on a plate for the third for his skipper, Josh Brillante, to make it 3-2 at Allianz. What a ripping game we've got here. Welcome back to Twain Talk. Great to have your company wherever you're listening. Always great to have so many of your calls and your texts coming through. Always great to talk some A-League as well. And Melbourne victory captain Josh Brillante has been good enough to join us. Won't you, Josh? Great to have you back on the program. Yeah, mate. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Trying to work out uh, the start to your season. It's only a small sample size. One win, one loss. City looked like they're going okay, and it's a pretty big game Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, only two games into the season, so it's early days at the moment. So, um, like you said, one win and one loss. But it um, be nice to get a bit more consistency, a few wins on the trot. And, um, obviously, we've got the derby coming up this Saturday night, so it's a big game and an important game to, to get the three points for. So a marathon, not a sprint. How how are you shaping up? Do you think in your own mind? Yeah, great. We've had we've had a solid preseason, and um, you know we're, we're looking good. Obviously, last game was um, wasn't one of our best performances, but um, you know the derby game is always a big match, and uh, we're looking to improve on on last week. And uh, yeah, we're, we've had a good week this week too, so we're ready to actually go. What's the crowd split normally? It's your home game. How many of the opposition fans normally file in? Well, the atmosphere is usually uh, amazing for the for the derby games. Um, obviously, being our home game, I think we'll definitely have majority there. We're always usually uh, the most and the loudest, so um, you know we're expecting a good t- turnout from both sides. And uh, how do you see that their start has been? They've been able to score. What is defence still the the first operative for you guys when it comes to to playing a game against City, or do you still think uh, if you get them on the back pedal early, that's a better way to go? Oh, I think I think no matter what team we're playing, I think when our defence is solid and our discipline and structure is there, uh, we've got the firepower going forward. So um, 
if we can keep that under control, I think we'll um, we'll, we'll be we'll be firing. Do you worry more about what you're doing rather than knowing that it's a pretty big rivalry and you have to try and bring them down? Is it more about how you're going about it in your lead up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're like uh, like I was saying before, um, with all the other teams as well. It's the same same process for us, no matter who we're playing. Uh, we're always focused on us, and it's no different this game either. Um, like I said, too, you know, when, when we got that structure and discipline there, you were usually, you know, in our game. So that's all it comes down to on the night. I'm told the quality's been up this season as well, Josh. It's been a pretty good start from a lot of teams. That the quality of the soccer being played. Yeah, there's been plenty of goals and entertaining games, and that's what we want. So the two games in, uh, with plenty to go. So um, let's hope we can keep that going with some good quality matches. And how's the derby here stack up? You've played in some around the world. You've seen some, been to some. How does this one stack up when it comes to atmosphere? Yeah, it's definitely up there. Um, you know, the atmosphere is amazing. Like, uh, even the, our first home game, I think we had about 18,000. So we're expecting 20-plus um, for the derby. Um, it's always loud, and it's great having that big atmosphere. You know, when you're playing those types of games, it helps so much. So let's hope you get a big crowd there. Josh, great to have you on the program. Always great to have you on. And let's hope we can pump up the crowd for you and get it even more vocal than it normally would be. Good luck, and let's hope you get a second win on Saturday night. Yeah, cheers. Appreciate that. Josh Brillante joining us, the captain of Melbourne Victory up against Melbourne City, the undefeated Melbourne City on Saturday night. Back with a few more of your calls straight after the break. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Drink responsibly. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Finish off with a couple of your calls. If you'd like to jump on the open line, one 736 Take your calls all the way to 3 o'clock. And then Derm's in the house with Andy Nogazy today, but Derm's in the house, so... Take a few of your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you'd like to join me on that open line, because still got a couple of things to give away, including eighteen holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart down at Club Mandalay, and you can head down there to Club Mandalay. Visit clubmandalay.com.au for a couple of drinks and a cart midweek for ninety nine dollars for eighteen holes of golf. Also, that Ballers Clubhouse voucher to give away and some Garmy chicken vouchers. So jump on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, and we'll take a couple of your calls before we hand over to Andy and Derm, who are joining you from Mildura after 3 o'clock. A couple of texts that have come through. We'll head back to your text very shortly as well on 0433981116. But uh, Mohammed in Newport is on the line. Wants to talk to Pies. Welcome to you, Mohammed. Hey, Duana. How are you, brother? Yeah, good. What do you got for me? Yeah, uh, Ocean Grove's looking good. It's coming up soon. Maui's Ocean Grove. Just quickly, I reckon yep. Frampton, Frampton will be the next Liam Jones. Mark my words. Can you record this? Yeah, I have recorded it. Uh, it's on tape, Mohammed. So getting Billy Frampton, do you think Collingwood, can you go the extra step, though, or will you go back a bit? Is it going to be tougher for Collingwood next year, Mohammed, given your draw? Will it be tougher? Yeah. You'll face tougher opposition and... You might not win as many of your close games. Okay, can I ask you something, Simon? Uh, sorry, Dwayne. I, I go to London Base Williamstown Barbers all the time, and I bumped into Steve Hocking, yeah? I congratulated him about the premiership, and he said, mate, we're lucky we didn't play you guys because you would have gave us a good run for our money. So for Steve Hocking to say that, 
Come on, yep. Wayno, please. What, 90,000 crowd? We've got the 23rd band. Damo, please, mate. Give me a spell. The Pies Flag Pies 2023. Good on you, Mohammed. Uh, he did call a couple of days and say exactly the same thing. Uh, Jason in Bendigo is on the line, wants to talk some AFLW. Welcome to you, Jason. Hey, mate. I um, want to apologise. I've been a dinosaur for so bloody long. I, I didn't even think of... I didn't like the AFLW, but I've really got into it lately. Those girls go hard, and I mean really hard. I watched the game, uh, Hawthorne's last game, and I was really impressed by it. Their skills are improving immensely. Um, I just want to say, yeah, after a dinosaur fully invested, I think I'm going to buy a membership to my local, to the Hawthorne um, AFLW side. I'm, I'm just loving it. Good to get a good fix of footy too, Dwayne. Yeah, Jason, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's not made for, you know, 50-year-old blokes to watch anyway. Um, if you want to watch it, you can watch it. But to me, once people get over the comparison, I mean, if you can get over the comparison, I've drawn the analogy between the Olympic Games. I mean, if you watch the women's 100 at the Olympic Games and all you're thinking about whilst you're watching the women's 100 is, gee, they're not as quick as the men, then you're never going to really just be able to enjoy the race for the purity of the race. And it's the same with the AFLW. I mean, stop comparing it to the men. It is its own thing. It's its own sport played in its own manner. And it is actually, it's got a lot of really enjoyable factors to it, Jason, to the point that, you know, when you're flicking around, sometimes it locks you on because there are other options, obviously, at the moment to watch. But, you know, I'm the same with you, Jason. I don't necessarily sit down and watch every game, but quite often I'm flicking on and thinking, yeah, I'll watch 10 minutes of this and then, Half an hour later, you're still into it, Jason. You're getting more and more into it the more you watch. Exactly, yeah. I love it. And they go hard. I mean, they really go hard. It's a bit of niggle. Oh, yeah. They, they, they do get nasty, which is, you know, kind of fun as well. In fact, sometimes they go harder, and I don't want to draw the comparison, but uh, sometimes they go harder than a lot of people expect. So hold the line. Got something for you, Jason in Bendigo. Um, you been to the piano bar in Bendigo at all, Jason? Have you been down there? Um, no. Hargrace Wine Bar? Uh, no, I'm a golfer. All right, fair enough. Well, I'll, get you, I'll give you some golf. You've got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart. Get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek for just $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. Um, yeah, you can, uh, you can head off and uh, enjoy some golf. Ashley in Echuca. Welcome to you, Ashley. How are things up there in Echuca? Yeah, Dwayne, are we going all right? With obviously the waters coming up at a, at a slow rate, but um, yeah, everyone's doing their bit um, in the in the community to sort of help out. This is the reason why I want to give you a call. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people helping out, but the Echuca United Masters Football Club uh, in town. I sort of want to give give those boys a pat on the back. I said the whole club's got together and and sort of helped out where they can, moving a lot of their teammates away from floodwaters and helping out the rest of the community at the same time. So um, when you're talking about footy and and, and club spirit, that's when that this is when it all sort of shows and comes together. The whole club, there's not one person hasn't chipped in, uh, helping out everyone in Echuca as much as they can, helping out their own. So I just want to give them a shout out. There is something unique about living in a country town, Ashley. I, I, I'm with you on that. And I think everybody understands it. I think that the, the community aspect of any part of the world, I mean, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, become involved in a community activity uh, even when they're living in the city, uh, and sometimes it's church, sometimes it's other stuff. Um, there is something about the community aspect of our lives that is really enhancing to us all as human beings. And, yeah, the country spirit, I'm sure, is being shown up there in Echuca, and I really appreciate your call to give us a little bit of that 
as well. Uh, Josh in Warnington, are uh, you there, Josh? Yeah, g'day, Pipe. Hope you're well, mate. Um, I just had, uh, a, I guess, a bit of a thought and wanted to get your opinion on the Hawthorne cutback of the list. Do you think this will result in the end of their streak of winning at least one flag in every decade? I'm never going to ride the hook. You know, no, nah, you never write the Hawks off, Josh. Why can't this turn around in, in the space of a couple of years? And when you were saying a decade, are you talking, um, you know, this particular decade? So we're now, we're about to hit three years into it. So you're talking this decade until the end of it. So you've got seven years for Sam Mitchell to coach this flag? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they've won one in every sort of decade block since the 60s. And yeah. so... With, uh, with history, they sort of show that um, they sort of take a, a fair while once you once you really cut back. And like you look at North Melbourne now, and I'm a Secure fan, mate, and I'm, I'm waiting for a long time on mine. So, um, yeah, seven years, it seems like a long time, but generally the rebuild takes at least five, you'd imagine. So it only gives them a couple of years to try and uh, sneak one in. doesn't always take five years. I think the good clubs can do it quicker. I reckon Hawthorne have proven to be a great club great facilities. It's still a club you'd want to play for if you're a kid. And uh, look, if you're talking decade in terms of a 10-year stretch, it's now seven years without a flag. So do I think you're going to win a flag before that 10-year stretch is up? Maybe not. But if you're talking this decade uh, all the way up until 2029, I reckon Sam Mitchell's got a huge chance of being able to do that because it's the Hawthorne Footy Club. And let's face it, you've done so many things over the time with a whole new group of players to resurrect things. So who's to say you won't do it again? Hold the line. We've got something for you. You've got that $100 Ballers Clubhouse voucher coming your way, uh, Melbourne's largest bar and games venue. So I appreciate you jumping on the line, Josh. Thanks to all of our callers that have jumped on the line today and for the whole week. It's been an absolute pleasure to have so many of your calls coming through. If you want to download the Dwayne's Word podcast, it's all there on the podcast. You can have a listen back to the whole show. Have a listen back to any of the interviews that we've done on the show today, including Aaron Finch. If you want to have a listen back to the Aaron Finch interview, it's a ripper. If you want to have a listen back to the Connor Blakely interview, it's there. It goes about eight seconds. Didn't last long. Uh, the phone reception wasn't great, but it's, hey, it's all there on the podcast, so you can download it anytime you like. Uh, stick around, though. Looking forward to your company is Andy and Derm. They're going to join you from Mildura, so they're looking forward to your company. And I'm back Monday, so looking forward to your company on Monday for more Midday Madness on Monday. Uh, Thanks to A-Rod, thanks to Benny. I'll catch you Monday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.